This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich off sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. First app 2020 coming at you live. What is it? 7-ish p.m. Eastern Thursday, January the 2nd. The decade of our Lord. The 2020s. Mr. Jay Swa. Rob, what's going on? The It's going to be a fabulous year and decade. Um, best decade ever so far. How are, <laughs> how are you? How was your holidays, New Year's? Um, closing of the tens. Terrific, dude. Terrific across the board. Got no complaints. Seeing family. Got to go skiing. I went on a you know a road trip vacay. I know you did a you did me one up there on the on the uh, holiday vacation. Yeah, dude. Um, had a lot of family time, which was great. Just enough. Uh, had a little friend time, um, and then a solid amount of alone time in uh, in. Cartagena, Colombia. Had a lot of fun down there. Just did pretty much absolutely nothing, acting like a, a buffoon, uh, chasing German women. It was uh, pretty fantastic. And but now I'm back, uh, ready for for college basketball. I deleted Twitter from my my phone, and that was really strange. For like two days, I would just go and like look for Twitter every day mm-hmm. that I fucked and downloaded it or mm-hmm. uh, deleted it. And uh, but yeah, that was really healthy. I had some people reach out, be like, "Hey, uh, we got some picks. You've been awfully quiet." And I forgot to be like, "Oh yeah, I uh, going off the grid for a week." But yeah, it was great. Very healthy, unplugged. Um, just yeah, football. You know, regular season football season's over. Just just had a had a blast. But but ready for college basketball. Ready for the NFL playoffs. Um, also, my my coaching duties is is taking flight right now. So it's a it's a fun busy time of year coaching uh, co- uh middle school basketball betting on college basketball um so but yeah well, i i enjoy it very much um but yeah and is there anything we should should touch on before for uh we get to nfl games wildcard games this week let let the people know what uh what we're gonna cover today briefly sure so we're gonna go through first the four wildcard games this week then we're going to look at uh, the NFL playoffs like as a whole from like the futures market and just just overall strategy and, and kind of what to expect because it's like a, it's a tale of two conferences, if you will, between the AFC and the NFC. And then um, we're just going to kind of like give out – I'm going to create or post an article that has my power rankings going into January 1st, January 2nd um, of the four conferences I, I bet. But I'm just going to kind of just – Go over, you know, macro betting uh, strategies and perspectives uh, for college basketball because it, the next three months it's it's all college b-ball at least for me, which is is my main uh, money maker. So just kind of going over those those things, and then um, you know if any questions come up from you or anything we kind of stumble on organically. But other than that, that that's kind of the plan. Let's hit it. All right. So this weekend we have uh, four wild card games. First being uh, Buffalo Bills. At the Houston Texans, the Bills have a better record, but because the Texans won their division, they're the four seed, they get the home game. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Um, <clears throat> total of 44 points. This is uh, an interesting game. It's the lowest total of the week, not by much, but um, the the Bills are, are a less, uh, I would say, a, a, a less uh, variable team, if you will. They they although Josh Allen is a bit erratic, uh, they don't necessarily have the offensive upside of, of the Texans, but their their floor is a little bit higher than the Texans. The Texans have a lot of injuries. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. He's a better quarterback than than um, than what the Bills have. But you know, it, this, these two teams are pretty much even on paper. Uh, I really like in this scenario. It's called a tease, where you would give the Bills six points here. So now they go from a two and a half point underdog to an eight and a half point uh, underdog. The problem is we got to find a, a game to tease it with, um, but we can talk about some of those games later. Uh, but yeah, this is two teams that I don't think uh, you know have many. They're, they're probably playing their last game. Uh, whoever, uh, excuse me, whoever wins this game is probably only going to play one more game after this. I don't really see either team having a path to, to taking the AFC down. But as for this game, if I had to pick a team, I'd go with the Bills um, with the plus the two and a half. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all that is. Houston's got a bunch of injuries. Uh, they have a better quarterback. Yes, they are at home. But the fact that this isn't a three-point spread is is a pretty telling thing. Um, just with the, the market being so efficient, it, it, I think it's allowed uh, two and a half. Uh, the fact that it's not a full three, given how how many outcomes end in three, or excuse me, how many games result end in a three-point uh, edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, later. Later on Saturday, <clears throat> we have Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. The Patriots lost Week 17. I was, um, you know, in Columbia following this game on my phone, and yeah, the Patriots lost the Dolphins. Had they beaten the Dolphins, they would be the two seed. They would have a bye this week, so it's not like they weren't trying. It was a very meaningful game for them. They lost to the Dolphins at home. The Dolphins were like the team that everyone knew was like tanking coming into the year. Um, so. A lot of people, including myself, kind of see this as the the end of the Patriots dynasty. I mean, their offense has kind of been a joke, which is crazy because the first eight weeks they were like, "This is the best team ever." But um, you know, I guess with the the changing of the leaves and the colder temperatures, man, they Tom Brady's look bad. Their offense in general has looked bad. I do think they get business done there versus the Titans this week. They're five point favorites, uh, but I will not be having any action in this game. Um, New England at home for a playoff game. Uh, Titans aren't necessarily bad, but they're also not very good. <clears throat> this is another relatively low total, 44 and a half. Um, if I had to play anything in this game, I'd probably take the under. Uh, but I, I will not be touching it. Uh, but yeah, th- this might be the end of the of the Patriots, dude. It's kind of kind of a weird phrase to say, but uh, actually kind of strongly think that. Unless somehow like Brady can talk Gronk coming back one more year or something of that nature. I mean, you can't like stick a fork in them. They're not dead, but... And a lot of signs point to this, like probably being the, the last year that they're at, at such a high level, a relatively high level. Um, but yeah, then moving to Sunday, we get to the NFC Vikings playing the Saints. Uh, we got the Saints at, at like an eight point favorite, some places a nine point favorite, uh, which is pretty huge in, in the playoffs over, over that touchdown mark. Uh, this game's at the Superdome, which those games often are, are high scoring track meets, if you will. This has the highest total of the week by far at 49 and a half. Um, Drew Brees at home, Sean Payton, good coach, good defense. Um, the Vikings, on the other hand, 
don't play that well on the road. Kirk Cousins is notorious for not winning big games. Uh, I think this is pretty much the Saints win this. I don't know if they cover, but um, but yeah, this is pretty much the Saints will win. And then I think the, the int- most interesting game of the weekend is Seattle at Philadelphia. Seattle with a much better record than the Eagles. They're they're a better team than the Eagles. Um, but the the Seahawks are only a, a one point favorite. The Eagles get the home game because they they won the NFC East. NFC East was like the worst division in football this year. Um, that made me some money because we had some futures on that. Um, so that was nice that the Eagles were able to find their way in. But on the other hand, you know, two years ago this team won a Super Bowl. Obviously, a lot of miss you know different people uh, on on the team for the Eagles now. But they did win a Super Bowl two years ago, and they're playing with nothing to lose. They, they have no expectations. Um, that's a, that's a good way to, to be, uh, both as a football team and in a personal, uh, life, but that's for another podcast. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think the Eagles could very easily do this. That being said, I, I don't really want to put, um, money against Seattle. Um, so I'll probably, um, sitting this one out, but I, I do have skin in the game, uh, that I'll discuss once we get to like the, the macro, uh, playoffs, the next segment. Is there anything with the games this week that jumped out? Um, any thoughts, feelings, Patriots dynasty being over? Uh, anything you have there, Rob? It seems wild. So, like, if, if I had showed you the second and third games of Titans Patriots and then Vikings Saints um, in a crystal ball in August with these uh, these spreads, what would you have said? It seems nuts that the I would have said Tom Brady must have gotten hurt. That's probably what I would have said for mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Um, <clears throat> I mean, uh, Patriots did have a really, really super easy schedule at the beginning of the year, but their offense just never got going. They also made a trade for, like, Mohamed Sanu, who's, like, the 40th best wide receiver in football. They gave up, like, a second-round pick. And that was just, like, really a red flag of, like, they knew how what dire straits they were in. And even since they brought him in, he, he hasn't really done anything. So, but we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, there's still there's still Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and until they actually get beaten. I guess you can't put a fork in them. But but it's really alarming to see see they're you know, only a five-point favorite at home. That's really saying on a neutral field, they'd be two points over the Titans. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy. Ah, but yeah, yeah, here we are. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for the, the games this weekend. Now going to the playoffs uh, as a whole, the favorites to win the Super Bowl are the Baltimore Ravens, um, which is kind of crazy to think. They were expected to pretty much be a 500 team this year preseason, and they are like the overwhelming favorites. It's pretty pretty amazing. Lamar Jackson, won, you know, he's going to win the MVP. Uh, had an amazing year. Uh, but I, I, I'll say this. It's a tale of two conferences, the AFC it's pretty much between two teams. I, and I really think the Super Bowl is the Ravens versus the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are the two seed. The Ravens are the one seed. Uh, I actually think the Chiefs might be a better team or at least a team with a higher upside given Patrick Mahomes' throwing ability. Um, but the fact is they're going to have to play if, if the chalk holds out. So if all of the favorites went out, the Chiefs are going to have to play at Baltimore. And it might come down to something as simple as how, maybe how bad the winter the weather is here in, in mid-January in terms of uh, – you know, if it if it curbs a passing attack the Chiefs have, whereas the Ravens are more of a running team. Uh, but yeah, the AFC is pretty cut and dry. That I, I would be shocked if any team other than the Chiefs or Ravens came out of the AFC. Uh, whereas on the other hand, uh, the Niners they're pretty they're pretty sizable favorites. They are the one seed, but uh, the Saints, even though they're the three seed, it's very telling that they're the second. They have the second uh, lowest odds. 
Whereas the Packers, they're the two seed. They have a bye, and they're almost double the odds of the Saints. So that's kind of showing you that the Packers are kind of a, a joke. I think they're eight and one in one possession games this year. So that's like um, kind of you know due for regression to the mean. They were they won thirteen games, but um, yeah, they're they're pretty much uh, very unlikely to do anything serious. Uh, so that being said. You know, the Saints, if they were to lose this weekend to the Vikings or something of that nature, we said we said the Eagles are playing with house money. I mean, I could see realistically almost any team from the NFC coming out, including the the Packers, just because it's such an advantage to have that buy. And then they're going to have a home game against the Saints. Um, and the, like I said, the Eagles playing with house money. Um, the Vikings have talent. They just, you know, don't don't have any, uh, you know, real experience. And the Seahawks have Russell Wilson. Uh, so. Yeah, the NFC is more of a wild card. Still, the, the Niners are, are the favorite, and, and for good reason, being that one seed. But the AFC, much more cut and dry, whereas the NFC, much much more uh, kind of crazier, um, more potential scenarios. Uh, does that does that make sense at all, Rob? It does, it does. But it surprises me after you said that, that the, the Super Bowl odds, the second best odds of the 49ers – just right. because the path there is yep. a little simpler than than <clears throat> exactly. So the odds is, uh, the odds I sent you is has the Ravens at uh, two point three uh, to one, and the Niners at four point one to one, and the Chiefs at four point two to one. It's just because the Chiefs are going to have to beat the Ravens, and then they would have to beat the Niners or whomever from the NFC. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a, it's just a harder road. Um, that being said, I do think whoever wins that AFC conference will be the a three, probably maybe even more point favorite in the Super Bowl. Um, so, so yeah, so that that's uh, kind of an interesting dynamic, and uh, we'll see. I mean, that's why that's why they play the games. Um, something's telling me the Chiefs, man. I, I think it's just that maybe the Ravens are too hot, even though that's like a a, a very non uh, analytical way of looking at things. But they've won like eleven straight. Whereas the Chiefs kind of like they lost Mahomes for a couple uh, weeks and then their defense has gotten really stout. But the Chiefs are really impressive. Uh, so, yeah, it, it'll be fun, though. It'll be fun. And I know you'll be uh, on the edge of your seat watching the, the NFL playoffs all, all uh, January. Oh, big time, dude. Wild card games, you won't catch me catch me sleeping during any of those. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, if, if I uh, can take your attention from your beloved NFL, I think we're going to move uh, to some basketball. And uh, get to to pretty much my favorite part of the year from uh, from a betting standpoint, with the uh, the ACC. Um, Let's do it, dude. I'm curious what you did. You mentioned uh, Twitter off. Did you make any bets when you were out of the country on college basketball? I did not. I did not. I made a conscious decision to just be withdrawn from everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really, really fantastic. I haven't been that unplugged from a phone in a while. I mean, I'd still would like go into the hammock and like, you know, fucking go on Wi-Fi and whatever, but still would without the Twitter, I was like so off my my habits that I was able mm-hmm. to like read real articles, like not sports articles, but other articles. It was really weird. Um yeah, brought some books, some actual books, which was kind of wild. Didn't finish them, obviously, but read read some some pages that were inside the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were sports related, but not from a gambling standpoint. So I guess mm. that's that's something. That's something. But uh, but yeah, let's start with the ACC. Um, you know, anybody that knows me knows I, I was born and raised in the ACC for especially with basketball. 
they are not the best conference this year. They have two national title contenders in Duke and Louisville, and they, they are two really good teams. I really have not watched either of them that much. I've watched Louisville a little bit more than Duke. Uh, I think it's just because I watched so much Duke last year with Zion, uh, who really is such a lovable character, even though it sucks he's not in the NBA this year with the injury. But I understand why they're just redshirting him. But uh, after that, man, ACC has a serious drop-off. Ken Palm has uh, Duke and Louisville ranked one and four. And then their next highest team is Florida State at 20. And after that, uh, Virginia at 30. Another ranking system I use uh, only has three teams in the top 30 uh, for them, which is Duke, Louisville, and Florida State. The other ranking system I use has Virginia at 59th. Uh, and Ken Palm even has Virginia as the 175th best offense, which is like right in the middle of all 350 teams in college basketball. They have them as the best defense, which and their defense is impeccable. But um, that's why people have seen me betting a lot of their unders is for that exact reason. Uh, but I mean, 175th, I mean, Virginia's going to be bad this year. And I, I mean, I'm a Virginia fanboy. I won a lot of money from them last year. And But uh, yeah, they're, they're bad. And, and North Carolina is even worse. Uh, Ken Palm has North Carolina at 47. They have an injury with their best player, Cole Anthony. Um, but the other ranking system I have that, that doesn't use priors just based on their performance this year has them ranked 83rd. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really down year for the ACC. Uh, kind of strange to say, I don't want to go team by team. Like I said, I am going to do an article where I post, post kind of the, these rankings that I have. Um, it just says like a preseason, you know, pre, uh, the beginning of the conference season, but uh, that's one of the biggest things for me is, is the ACC is just way, way down, way, way down. Uh, anything jump out to you? Um, you know, I am indebted to Virginia basketball, so I hate fucking saying bad things about them. But numbers don't lie. 175th. That's that's god awful. That's god awful. Yeah, it's tough. Um, makes it makes me think of those those ones you bet, which are. Um, like very division specific, conference specific in this case, where you know that, you know, their schedule will be in X way because they play in a conference that's super top heavy or, or super imbalanced in this case. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a lot of what my handicap is, especially the early part of the college basketball season is I look at the differences between those rankings. So four teams that jump out um, from the ACC that are, that Kempom, I think, has overrated are Notre Dame, Wake Forest, North Carolina, and Virginia. And anyone who knows me, I've been a Virginia fanboy for like the last three, four years. So the fact that I'm saying that about Virginia is, is kind of a crazy thing. Uh, but yeah, so early on, it'll be matchups. It'll be you know certain st- styles and whatnot. But really, it'll be we're going to start out with these rankings who we think is overvalued or undervalued, and then uh, kind of play it from there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the ACC. Uh, moving to the Big 12, uh, the Big 12 is uh, an interesting conference because the only conference that they, every team plays each other twice because it actually has, has 10 teams. So it's an 18-game league. Every You play everyone twice, so there's uh, obviously nine opponents for each team. And Kansas is, is a serious team, is a, is a good team. Uh, in Kempom, they're, they're ranked second. In the other rankings I, I use, they're actually first. They're a really solid team. But they're not like immaculate. It, it is an overall down year in college basketball. Uh, that being said, they're they're right around six to seven points better than their their next competition, which could be either West Virginia or Baylor. 
um, based on on which rankings you choose. And then there's a kind of a huge gap from those two. So it's like tier one is Kansas, tier two is is Baylor and West Virginia, and then tier three is a pretty significant drop off from for Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and TCU. And then there's a tier four, or excuse me, yeah, there's a tier four which is Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Texas. And then Kansas State is just clearly the worst team. It's weird. Kansas State actually won the the league last year. They had a great group of seniors, but they they are fucking bad. And offensively, they're they're bad. They're 198th, so they're actually worse than Virginia. But they're instead of their defense being number one like Virginia, their defense is 38th. So um, so yeah, yeah, not not too good in the old the old Big 12. Um yeah, anything jump out to you about that, or should we just move to the Big Ten? Hit the Big Ten. Big Ten. All right, Rob, let's say it. The Big Ten is by far the best conference in college basketball. That is uh, that's a weird phrase. I could easily see uh, 10 teams, maybe even 11 teams making the tournament. Uh, Michigan State and Ohio State are, are legit national title contenders. Uh, I don't think Maryland, Purdue, Michigan, or Iowa are, but they are that next tier underneath. Could maybe make a Final Four or a, a, a Elite Eight run. Uh, but this this conference is all about depth, um, and you've actually seen it because this conference has actually played two conference games for each team already, some three, and the home teams have won I think ninety percent of them. So it's just showing the margin of the of each team is is quite thin. Obviously, it's a small sample size, but um, there's if we go to like to the tiers, which I think is a very healthy way to look at at, at teams. Uh, that tier one is Ohio State, Michigan State. Um, that tier two is, is Maryland, Purdue, Michigan, and Iowa just lost one of its better players. So I'll, I'll put Iowa just below that tier, but not in the the next tier below. They're kind of in between. Um, so tier two would be uh, Maryland, Purdue, and Michigan. You know, in between tier two and tier three is Iowa, and, and then it goes uh, tier three is Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Minnesota, Illinois. And then just under them is Rutgers. I think Rutgers isn't tier three material, but they're also not as be- nearly as bad as Northwestern and Nebraska, who are absolute dog shit this year. Um, but yeah, this is this is actually the league I'm most in tune with. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with being a Maryland fan, watching pretty much every Maryland game. But uh, this is going to be my bread and butter uh, conference this year, which is I because it's usually been ACC. Sometimes it, it you know I've been doing well with the um, Big Ten lately, but I have the best feel for this this conference. It's actually really not that close. Um, if I, I, I actually probably have a hard time picking the second conference. So there'll, uh, there'll be a lot of Big Ten basketball talk uh, the next couple of months, Rob. I know that that makes you happy. Anything jump mm-hmm. out to you? Anything? Um, yeah. It's funny that you refuse to put Iowa in, in one or the other. Diddle with Rutgers, but I guess I get it. Um, but no, man, it looks super balanced. So, uh, like, how many teams in the Big Ten can make the make the dance? Yeah, I would say realistically, and I know you're looking at this chart, so this is really good radio. But I would say everyone Illinois and up. So that would be Illinois, Minnesota, Indiana, Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa, Michigan, Purdue, Maryland, Michigan State, Ohio State. I don't think they'll all make it just because there'll be some. You know, obviously they're going to be playing each other. Uh, but I'd probably say. 10 of those 14, or excuse me, 10 of those 11 will make it. So one, maybe two of those teams 
um, kind of takes takes a lot of those L's. But I'd say yeah, probably nine or ten teams make it. And Ohio State, Michigan State will be major contenders. Uh, there mm-hmm. are my short list. Uh, my short list this year. Uh, there's four teams I I, I think are are kind of head and shoulders. Um, and I, I, I guess no no one's head and shoulders, but four teams I just like the makeup of what they have. And Ohio State and Michigan State are, are two of those teams. So um, yeah, I, it's it's a really weird year in college basketball. There is no Duke's Zion team from last year and shit like that. Like it's a very much a lot of parody. Um, we're going to talk about a team in the Pac-12 that you'd probably be surprised that I like so much just from who the, the school is, not not because there actually is plenty of basketball validity of why I like them. but um, And it's not who you're thinking of probably, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the Pac-12. But, yeah, do you have any burning uh, Big 12 questions or Big 10 questions or should we move to the Pac-12? No burning Big 10 questions, dude. Burning man in, uh, in Big 10 country? <laughs> <laughs> Iowa burning man's kind of an alternative to the alternative. So, um, moving to the Pac-12, the team I really like is Oregon. Oregon has a really good offense. Um, they have a great coach, Dana Altman, and they have a really good point guard. Those are those are three things you need to win a national title. And uh, I'm actually going to watch their game tonight against Colorado. Uh, pretty intently because Colorado is actually the, one of the hardest places to play in the country, if not the hardest to play with that, that dang altitude. Um, so it's a nice little early season test for them, and uh, we'll see what they're made of. Arizona's uh, kind of falling back. They, they started out the year pretty hot, but they've kind of regressed a little bit, but they're still a solid team. And then I think Pac, the Pac-12 will get three teams in, and the third team being Colorado. Um, but there's clearly that tier one is Oregon. I'd say tier two is maybe Arizona, Colorado. There might be a little bit of a gap between Arizona and Colorado. Um, but those are clearly the three best teams. And then Washington and Stanford kind of round out the teams. I think that are possible to make the dance. Um, after that, I'd be surprised USC, Oregon state, ASU, Utah, UCLA, Washington state, California, they do anything. Uh, the PAC 12 is a, is a pretty underwhelming conference for such a quote unquote power conference. Um, they just, they just don't have the depth. They really don't. Um, but yeah, anything you want to talk about other than my, my love for, for the, the ducks? Um, Delta between your two systems on, it's like the two big ones here, Stanford and SC. Yeah. So Stanford was a team we've, we talked about in previous podcasts, which was have, have performed well above expectations. So, um, the Ken Palm use weights preseason expectations still significantly, whereas the other data um, that I use Hassel metrics is all based on like they they weigh every team as neutral like preseason mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. it's just funny Fresh start they had like yeah so like San Diego State in that rankings is like number two in the country whereas like Ken Palm has them like twentieth mm-hmm. um, it's just good to get that balance and they also they equate diff- they they weight their rankings differently as well which is nice um, so yeah it's a big part of my handicap um, but like I said I will I will post an article with these. And also, kind of like a way to read this this sheet. I'm sure you're looking at this heat map and probably being very very uh, confused <laughs> with these rankings. But I'll have a nice little primer there to help people uh, try to follow them if they're interested. Um, but yeah, yeah, Oregon it, <clears throat> in Kempom they're ranked tenth, but in in the metrics hassle metrics that I use that only look at this year they're ranked sixth. And one of the reasons I like them is because they their coach 
you can almost bank on their coach improving their defense. Uh, offense is a little bit harder for a coach to to improve upon. But Dana Altman, just as early as last year, had a major improvement with Oregon's defense. Oregon went from like not making the tournament to winning the Pac-12 tournament, and they lost to Virginia in the eventual national champion in, in the Sweet 16 by like four points. I only remember that because I was on my hands and knees watching that game, given how much money I had on Virginia. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was a joke, but um, it worked out for me, which is cool. Um, so results were in thinking that's, that's chill. Right. So they, that's Love why that. you come to the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sir, yeah. based on these, so you've given four overviews based on any of these, are you already doing any future stuff in college basketball? I'm not. Uh, last year I had three futures, Tennessee, Michigan State, and Virginia, two of which made the Final Four. Uh, Virginia obviously winning it all. I just learned – and I didn't make any of those bets until mid to late January. Um, and that, w- that was a different deck of cards. Uh, this year I'm, I am looking for a team – actually Oregon is a team. I, I'm going to New Jersey in a couple of weeks, and I'm hoping to do some shopping for – some prices for, for a team like Oregon. But uh, I, I do want to get aggressive. I do like a team. That's kind of why I'm playing to watch Oregon tonight and, and their game this weekend to see, um, you know, just, just if they pass the eye test. My, my The makeup of the team is what I like. The numbers like them, right? You know, they're ranked 10th in Ken Palm, 6th in, in Hassle metrics. But what I like about them is they have a great coach. They have a great point guard. They have a great offense. You'd rather have a great offense rather than a great defense. You, optimal world, you want balance, right? You, of course, you want to be good at both. But if you have to pick one, it's offense. And I think you can also, especially if you have a good coach, which they do, you can improve upon defense. Um, so, yeah, you just look for certain things. Um, you know, they've been to the Final Four, I think, as recently as three years ago with the, that point guard, Peyton Pritchard. He actually was the starting point guard. And these are just little things that you like to pick up on. It's like teams that have been there recently, coaches that have been there recently. Those are things that really show out, especially in a year like this, which there's so much parity. So it's really just like with anything, it's a, you got to win six games to win a tournament. So there's going to be luck. I mean, Virginia last year, I made a lot of money off of it. But at the end of the day, Virginia winning last year was completely luck. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, it just you got to get lucky to win six neutral games. Um, mm-hmm. But at this right price, you know, I you could you could take a, 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 a you can get a good profit even if they just make it to the elite eight or final four just by hedging out. Um, mm-hmm. So so yeah, so that's a very good question. But no, I have no future so far on the uh, on any college basketball team. And is that so? That's when I said futures. I meant anything futures wise. You're talking winning national championships specifically, right? Right. right. So can right. you can yeah. you get good? Can you get good money down on things like uh, conference championships? Uh, they, I, I have no access to any of those places right now that offer that. I, um, yeah, that that's just something that's not been offered everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually open that up for the conference tournaments, which usually will open up in, you know, around February or so, right before March, before conference play in, in the, the national tournament. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything on there. Once that conference play does come up, though, I, I will have action in that um, in that realm, though. I do enjoy that, and especially after a, two months of, of inter-conference uh, play. We have good data. We have matchups, you know, just little things you pick up on. March is, is truly special to me. Uh, it's a very, very fun month. 
and, and I'm quite excited. But you got to do your homework January, February, and um, that's kind of what we're doing here. You know, it's making sure you see certain teams and you're you're you know following certain beat writers, things of that nature. But no, no futures action whatsoever, um, which which sucks because. Uh, I think you make a lot of money that way. It's just it's not a popular enough sport where a lot of places offer it. I've, I know some places in Nevada offered it, but obviously I no longer live in Nevada, so kind of a kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But, but but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, any questions about maybe process? Uh, what I look for angles wise? Anything as we start this uh, beloved college basketball conference season? No, I don't think so. I. Um customarily run through your your twitter account before we record these pods to be like oh what you know what's the interesting uh interesting action you've been i I don't know that you uninstalled twitter i know you said you did but you definitely haven't been tweeting so um perhaps you're telling the truth yeah i new year new me i'm gonna try this honesty thing out and um yeah (laughs) We're, we're going to have some fun with it. But, yeah, no, I, I, um, I that week off was very well needed. Um, if you would like more stories about the, the German chasing, uh, German woman chasing, uh, um, please DM me or text me. I'll be happy to share. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was needed. But I, I am actually very excited for, for the college basketball season. And, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, if there's nothing you want to add. Uh, uh, yeah, I got one, one other thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, try to focus maybe a little bit this week on fantasy basketball because it seems like you you kind of suck at it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. That was too fun. I know it'll regress to me. I just had two good weeks, so I'm feeling feeling hot. Okay. Well, I'm in seventh place. I just checked, and I'm playing Braden, so I'm going to come back on him. So it's all chill. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll see you and everybody else next week. Peace.